0: The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. On classic hits. It is Nile Boylan with you right through to 2 o'clock this afternoon. There's a kind of eerie level of normality to the way life has changed, isn't there? I came in today and it was strange to see so little traffic on the road. Still a fair bit of traffic, by the way. I came in... Um, uh, on the M1 there and there's still a fair bit of traffic on the roads but obviously nothing compared to what it was. It feels like a Sunday every day and that's what I said to somebody yesterday it feels like a Sunday every single day now. And there is a level of normality behind that now that we're all getting used to social distancing. Uh, It's becoming quite natural to us uh, not to shake people's hands. And my fear and my worry through all this and as much as I worry about people's lives and people's health is that when this ends, and it will end, that's the very positive side of this, it is going to end, and we're, we, we seem to be handling it well enough, because let's be clear about this. We'll give out about government, we'll give out to ministers on a daily basis, we'll give out about decisions that are made, but it's a learning curve. You know, this is something that's completely unprecedented, unchartered, and every day the rules are changing. Every day, you know, the different kind of policies that the government are making or the different payments they're making are changing as they realise that's not enough or maybe that's too much or we need, because they've never done this before. So to be fair to them, we're going to give out about them. I'll get angry about them now and again. But are. Uh, that's their job. They're obviously the, at the helm. You know They have to make these decisions. They'll make the wrong decisions now and again, and they'll make the right decisions now and again. And it's a learning curve for everybody. So let's all get through this together. And we will, as a country, get through this together. And as a world, we'll get through this together. And hopefully this time next year, we'll be back talking about mundane stuff. Which, to be honest with you, I kind of miss the mundane stuff. We'll talk a bit more about mundane stuff later on. But there are new measures and a raft of new measures, as you heard yesterday, new restrictions on how we go about our daily lives. And they've announced in the current, the kind of battle against COVID-19 has been stepped up. Physical distancing restrictions remain in place. Uh, people should stay at home as much as possible, work from home if they can, if humanly possible, and only leave the house to go to work if there is no alternative. Only go to the shops for essential supplies or medical or dental appointments or to care for others or to take care physical exercise in other words don't be dropping around to your neighbour for a cup of coffee in the morning don't be doing stuff like that you know just for the moment we're asking you to make a lot of sacrifices social offence and gatherings uh, was 500 people now it's limited to 4 unless they're members of your family non-essential indoor visits to other people's homes should be avoided social gatherings of individuals outdoors should be no more than 4 people in other words no football practice and I've seen a lot of that going on at the moment no rugby practice no all hanging out together I see groups of young people maybe their parents should be talking to the young people a bit more about how important this all is because some of them don't seem to be taking it seriously. No unnecessary travel should take place uh, within the country or overseas. In other words, don't be popping over to London for a quick visit. There's no point. There's nothing happening over there. All the museums, all the sites to see, they're all closed. All theatres, gyms, hairdressers, casinos, bingo halls as well are closed because they're places where people gather or have close contact. And Mr Vrago thanked the public as well for listening to the advice on the physical distancing. He also thanked all the different frontline staff including our healthcare professionals, including our Guard of Shea our Ambulance and Fire Service, and thank- thankfully as well, he mentions uh, you know journalism and radio stations, newspapers, because it's all important that we give the information out, and it's important that people get that information. I will talk to Richard Bruton a little bit later on about that and how we're going to survive that as radio stations and as independent media. And he said it's too early to know for sure But we do believe it's making a difference. He said he was asking people to stay at home if at all possible. And the National Public Health Emergency Team has recommended that all non-essential retail outlets will close. I know a lot of people still have questions to ask as to which ones are considered to be essential. Well, I suppose if your service provides, say, People said to me, well, why is a hardware shop essential? Well, if somebody's plumbing, for example, breaks, they might need to get a part to fix their plumbing. Or if somebody, you know, something in their house is leaking, they might need to get something. So that they are kind of essential services. You know, buying your sweatshop or your sweatshirt or your track shoes or whatever it is, they're not essential services. Um, uh, Also, the likes of hairdressers are not essential. It's not essential you get your hair done. You can wash your own bloody hair. Anyway... They compiled an indicative list of essential retailers that can stay open, but must be in, they must implement social distancing. And as I said, it includes shops and wholesalers that supply food, beverages. I don't know why they put beverages in there. Newspapers and cleaning products, pharmacies, opticians and other retailers. But I want to know what you think of the measures. It's not lockdown. Because believe me, if it was lockdown, you'd know all about it. And I've seen some people on social media saying, close the factories, close the factories. Well, now, you're not really thinking straight, are you? Because if they close the factories, you would have no food and no pharmacies as well, or no pharmaceuticals. So we can't close factories, right? We can close some factories, which would be non-essential. The question I want to ask you is, do you think they have gone far enough? Let me know what you think. Um, Have they gone far enough? Or do you believe they should go further? Or maybe you think they've gone too far. I wanna know what you think and how you're dealing with that situation. O eight seven one double eight treble zero eight. That's oh eight seven one double eight treble zero eight. WhatsApp or Texas. Have they gone far enough? Have they gone too far? Or what do you think we should be doing? I want to know what you're doing right now and and how it's affecting your business or your life or your job and how are you getting on? I just want to know. Let us know. 087-188-0008. But first, I want to talk to David Hall, who's the CEO of the Irish Mortgage Holders Association. Good afternoon to you, David. Good afternoon, Niall. David, I suppose the only thing really at the moment for the mortgage holders is this three-month moratorium or holiday I don't think that's working out too well. I only spoke to somebody yesterday who has lost her job temporarily, is getting 50% of her salary, was onto her mortgage company, I won't say which one, and they basically start reading her the riot act saying to her, well, you know, you can, not you are, you know, the usual line that you are in danger of losing your home if you don't pay your mortgage, blah, 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 and they, they wouldn't give her a full moratorium and still said she had to pay 400 a month. So they're not really playing ball, I don't think, are they? No, I think there's two parts to this. Firstly, they did the
1: usual stunt with the minister and the minister is a little bit naive and I would have thought he would have learned his lesson the hard way given the debacle and the lies that were told over the tracker uh, scandal. Like, many people are under immense pressure from a health perspective and at risk and these are unprecedented sets of circumstances. you have just listed out all the emergency measures that have been taken. On top of that, you've got people who, under normal circumstances, have been paying their mortgage and fully compliant and then they're thrust into a very sudden unexpected set of uh, bizarre circumstances where they've lost their jobs and under pressure thinking of their health. So every single fear you might ever have about your future, your health, your family's health and your house are all being... And we, and we don't know out. when it's
0: all going to be sorted. So this three months, and really it's not three months because when we get back to normal or some level of normality, be that in three months or six months, we still have to pay the bank back so they'll recapitalize or put yeah, it on like the end th- of your mortgage.
1: Just the, the word holiday is a bit of a joke. It is. It's um, not really holiday, and, is and, it? And freeze is a bit of a joke and a break is a bit of a joke. It's far from it. Well,
0: no but they're saying no, the legislation forced them to do this because you would go down as a bad debt if you went over a three-month period. But surely we can take the rules and throw them out the window for the time being. You know, on a famous night 10
1: years ago, when the banks required legislation and needed help. 46 and billion was of help, yeah. 246 pages of legislation drafted miraculously in a very short period of time. There was 64 billion euros given and the rule book went out. It is absolutely outstanding. And I actually blame, believe it or not, that in the first instance, I actually have blame lays bare at the central bank. This was the governor's time. This was the director of consumer protections time to step in, to galvanize all of the banks, all of the vulture funds in one go, To agree a coherent plan, to be fair to the government and other departments, there are men and women working night and day in every department in the state, doing the best and trying to help. But our shower clowns in the banks couldn't find themselves to gather in a room with the central bank to come up with a cohesive plan. Only today, a week after the announcement, are banks starting to get to grips with what they had announced they were going to provide. But that's what I said. I, I spoke digital.
0: to this girl yesterday on the phone, and I, she was asking me for advice because she knew I was in media and knew a little bit about it. I don't know an awful lot. You know a lot more than I do. But I. W- she was saying that they basically read of the Riot Act and said, to her, "Well, you know, you are in danger of losing your home if you don't pay your mortgage." And she was saying, "But I said on the news that I didn't have to worry about that." And she said, "I don't agree with that." And they said, "Well, we have to tell you that anyway, and all this." So they're kind of terrifying people into not. And she said, "Well, look, I don't have the money. I'm on half my salary. I have to pay other bills." And they said, "Well." Can you pay 400 a month? And, and, I, and I actually think, you
1: know, the way they behave behaved and the way they've acted, I actually think is reckless. And I'll tell you why it's reckless. Nothing to do with what they've done to mortgage holders. Their whole behavior where people under pressure, many people will actually make the decision, you know, actually themselves just not to get involved and pay and engage. And they'll damage themselves further by not doing so. So the legislation for the 90 days, let's deal with that.
0: That's utter rubbish. Okay, so what sh- what should they have done, David? They should have, as far as I could see, and I don't know what the hell the legislation would work out on that, they should have just said, listen, from this date until this date, you can all stop paying your mortgages. Yeah, and, and what they could have done is a
1: true freezing of the mortgages, which was to say, we're going to freeze mortgages for those directly affected by COVID-19. They do have a system, many of the banks, when you speak to them, where they ask you what your employment is. And the reason they're asking your employment is, if you're in employment that hasn't been affected by COVID-19, or if you're in employment that pays you full pay while you're out of work. That's And then, by the way, there's a very important point, now that I haven't forgotten. If you can continue to pay your mortgage, Keep it's important you do, though. Of course, yeah. Don't take
0: advantage of the situation either. No, there's
1: no no advantage. The point is, you, you already said it yourself. There's no advantage. The mortgage is getting added on. The interest is getting added on. You're actually. This is a cash flow mechanism for those people who don't have the money. So for those who continue to afford to pay the mortgage, that are fortunate enough to do so, even on restricted money, it is actually still in their interest
0: to continue to, so. to pay because then we'll be
1: cash flow for the next three months it, it, well, well it was quite
0: stomach turning to see Pascal applauding himself for two days over that by the way because he was constantly going on about how wonderful he had done it's, day, the it's,
1: day, it's daytime <laughs> radio and there's yeah. children now at home every day during the day so therefore the conversation that I'd like to have can't be had on the air right, but okay. what happened what happened was an absolute sick joke I spoke to bank staff the following day when we had mon- mon- loads of people looking for this they hadn't been given the instructions as what to do yet and one occasion, in a desperation, one of the bank staff members said to me, why don't you get your man just to go and cancel a direct debit? Such was their frustration of the lack of information. But they've done they've nothing,
0: had. David, because as it is, if I find myself struggling in my job or I got a pay drop or I lost my job, I can get a freeze for three months. I, I can get a moratorium for Correct. three months. So they've done, they, so they done actually, nothing. we've done the nothing. the greatest
1: scam of all time and the greatest bit of spin. And that's why I'm absolutely very disappointed that the minister bought into this. Like, if you're going to go and, and in an emergency and tell the public who are under massive pressure that there's a plan in place to protect them and protect their mortgages, you need to be damn sure that the guys coming to tell you they've got something organised, have it done. I can tell you categorically, the day those CEOs sat in with that minister, some were faster than others. The following day, to be fair to Ulster Bank and to... Um, Bank of Ireland, they were much faster than anybody else the following day in getting themselves organized. The rest were behind the eight ball and hadn't got a plan. How do you go out publicly with the minister, rock up to prime time with the minister and with the banking payments representative on behalf of the banks? Why weren't the five, that was their moment. Their okay. moment to step up was to the five CEOs in prime time that night to say, we've got this. Okay, Well, well just finally,
0: done. because I, I have a lot to get through today, David. In relation to renters, um, renters have been told, listen, you don't have to pay your landlord. There's a rent freeze. You don't have to pay your landlord if you can't. Uh, please continue to pay, obviously, if you can and you're not being affected by it, but you don't have to pay him for three months. Where does that leave? Because landlords are all not vicious people in cloaks either. You know, some of them are genuinely, you know, hand-to-mouth as well. And the minister's answer was, oh, well, they can claim back the three month freeze on the mortgage as well, but a lot of them don't have mortgages. So, where do they fare off as well? The landlords, firstly, the renters they don't have to pay the rent. But where does the landlord fare off? So two quick comments on that:
1: the legislation that was published last night for the, before the doll tomorrow has a number of areas that will cover off evictions, which is very very welcome. It doesn't cover off say lodgers, and it doesn't cover off what happens to rent arrears. Same as we just discussed with the mortgage holders: three months of rent arrears will accumulate for those renters. who So, don't no, pay. so just a fair yes. Just a fair Second is. Many of those accidental landlords are under men, have been under immense pressure. And I know it's ha- handy to vilify landlords. But ultimately, they're an integral part of the system. Of course. I'm terrified that after three months, that many of them who were struggling up to now will just throw their hat at it and say, we're out of here. But also the component that's very important is banks and vulture funds must not be allowed to offer landlords incentives to vacate properties and sell houses after this. Mm.
0: Because that, that is going to be the problem after this, is that the, it's going to be the knock-on effect. It's going to be property values as well. Depending on how long this goes on for, if it's only going to be the six weeks or the, you know, the 12 weeks, we might survive that. It may not be like 2009, but if this goes on much longer, we can see property prices being affected badly. The,
1: the only thing we can say is, and you said it yourself, we'll get through it. We got through the recession. Everything went pear-shaped during the recession. Jobs got lost. Property prices went dark We all had debt and we got through it. Yes, this thing came along and knocked us off our feet again. The only good news is that if you look back 10 years ago, we had this conversation in 2010, 11, and 12, Nile, and we were recovered for a couple of years. We'll get back there again. So right. the most important part is health. Don't worry about banks. Don't worry about debt. Courts are closed. Make sure you look after yourself and your family, and in due course, we'll get through this. The interest is going to accumulate anyway, whether you ring them today or ring them tomorrow or not, but do try and get the moratorium if you can. If you don't need it, don't get it, and as I say, if you need any help, 1800. Nine double eight nine double seven. We'll help you for
0: free. Okay, that's 988 nine nine eight nine, nine double, double seven. Eight. Okay, 1800 977 if you want to give David Hall, uh, CEO of the Irish Mortgage, Mortgage Holders Association, a call. He will give you whatever advice you might need or any help that you might need. Uh, thank you very much indeed, David. I'll thank you, All right. Uh, okay, loads of text, by the way, coming in. All citizens should just get, just get a payment weekly. Well, n- I wouldn't necessarily agree with that. I understand that's a kind of stimulus package, isn't it? But if you were to give every single citizen money, well... You know, I think we'd be broke very quickly. Although I know the ECB have suggested now printing money as well because extraordinary times, extraordinary measures and all that kind of stuff. And I know Donald Trump has suggested, by the way, giving $1,000 per person to everybody every month as a stimulus to try and uh, stimulate the economy again. Uh, 65 years ago, we were worried of uh, the local polio cases. Today, five, uh, Korea, uh, Korea, South Korea is successfully publicising local virus cases. Hulhan is very wrong to suppress such info. I don't think he's suppressing the info. I think we're getting the info as it's coming out I imagine now on the line as well is uh, TD Richard Bruton Uh, Richard good afternoon to you Minister for Communications how are you doing very Uh, good uh, Richard there's a lot of things going on firstly let me talk to you about social media Uh, social media is playing a huge role uh, in this particular virus at the moment of COVID-19 and the information people are getting Is there any restrictions or any regulations uh, being directed towards social media and some of the false information that's going out there? Because we've seen some horrendous false information about lockdowns and armies arresting people and all that. Have the government looked into what we can do about that? And do you believe that Facebook and WhatsApp are being responsible in that manner?
2: Well, insofar as as possible, it's very difficult to regulate something like that. And I think what government's approach is to ensure that there is easy access to trusted information. We've taken great care to build up uh, the understanding of the public that the actions we're taking are coming directly from the public health advice that we're getting the emergency team and they in turn are acting on the best advice coming from the WHO so I think if we can demonstrate that the actions we are taking taking are based on trusted information they are designed uh, to respond to the evidence we're seeing I think that's the, the best solution and we're aiming to support uh, the the broadcasting media and the other media who are providing trusted information to to continue to deliver that. That's okay, one. well, well,
0: well then let's get to that point on a selfish note, I suppose. I, I, I would come to that. Or maybe I'm not being selfish when I say, I probably speak on behalf, and I'm sure you've been asked this question a million times today, on behalf of the independent sector in radio. We know RT of course, have the licence fee and nothing financially really changes apart from the fact they'll have less advertising, which will be a little bit of a struggle for them at the end of next year and probably their profits will be down. But independent media will suffer greatly. I can tell you, for example, in this radio station, this month alone, our revenue is down by thirty to forty percent. And next month, we imagine it will be down by seventy percent, down to thirty percent of our revenue. God only knows what goes on any longer than that. Most of our advertising comes from the hospitality sector for gigs and Ticketmaster, uh, the Three Arena for the big events that happen, um, hotels, holiday breaks. They're all the types of advertising we get on the radio. All gone. Our ad breaks have gone down to two and three ads and ad break. So what are we going to do for the independent sector? Leo Varadkar has clearly pointed out in both of his speeches how important media is and trusted information. At the moment, the only thing that's happened is the broadcasting levy has been suspended for six months, which really only works out at 1% a year of our total income. So it's not really going to help us too much.
2: Yeah, I think you have to take it in the broad. Uh, we we are we are we've introduced that levy as an immediate uh, relief. We're also working to finalise uh, uh, an initiative that would uh, support radio to get out the message, and that will be finalised in the coming days. Support
0: in what way, Richard?
2: Support in in allowing uh, radio stations to apply for support to uh, support the work uh, at this vital time. Okay, and but but uh, okay,
0: but that that sounds good, and I'm sorry for interrupting you, but that sounds good. But but we're not specifying how that support. We're going to get that support. We need financial support because I can tell you now this radio station will probably survive a little bit more than others but there are other local radio stations around the country who will be gone within the next two or three weeks if they don't get support. We need the support now, not tomorrow, not in a week's time, not in a month's time. We need it now, because I could tell you now, I can see it in this radio station alone, you know, there's going to be jobs going, there's going to be pay cuts, everybody's going to go, and this radio station, like every other independent radio station in the country, will be gone in 30 days if they don't get the support they need.
2: Yeah, I think there, there are immediate supports that have already been announced. Uh, there's a stay, uh, a two-month stay on rates. There is 70% support uh, for wages up to a certain figure. So for companies like your own who've had a uh, 30-40% to 40% reduction in your revenue, you can get the support for the wage bill to that extent. Uh, we have also provided that revenue, there's no penalties on late payments, no debt enforcement uh, being applied, bank payments, there's a payment break available. And on top of that, we're designing a measure for... But those revenue uh, look,
0: payments are just deferrals, Richard. I mean, I, I, essentially, uh, the revenue is still going to be looking for their the money. The wage
2: payments are not a deferral. No, no, These no, actual, I'm talking about the revenue
0: ash, payments are going to be deferrals. The revenue
2: pay- payments uh, of course they are uh, a deferral but revenue are those are, are also paying the wage sub, uh, support so it is the revenue commissioners who are now going to be administering this 70% of wage support to to, to businesses who've lost significant turnover but are continuing uh, they they can it's it's uh, not just significant they Richard, be continuing. You know, in some cases they will be continuing to provide service as in the case of radio stations.
0: But, but the average business around the country who's lost or who's going to lose 70% of their turnover will say right let's just close for the 4 or 5 week period or the 6 week or 12 week period whatever happens to be we all don't know at this stage it's strange when we have a situation like this which is uncharted. and by the way Richard I do want to say I want to compliment the government in one sense that this is uncharted territory we make the rules as we go along we see what works what doesn't work and we change it when it doesn't work and I understand the way that works and it's, it's tough for everybody, for you and for everybody in government and for the citizens of this country as, as well as the obviously the priority is everybody's health and we don't want to see people die unnecessarily. But your average business would say, well, look, if we're not going to survive this, let's close down for the time being and save the costs. Radio can't do that. We have to stay open because we're providing valuable information for our listeners and our listeners are sitting at home saying, how long more are we going to have this information for if we don't get the financial support One suggestion has been there is a Sound and Vision grant that uh, the Broadcasting Authority gives out every year, which is worth about 14 million euro. Why not suspend the Sound and Vision grant and divvy that money out to the radio stations appropriately, depending on size and staff numbers around the country?
2: Well, I suppose the first thing is to say we are providing support for 70% of wages, as, as you, you said. We're also developing an initiative specifically for the broadcasting sector, and that will be detailed in the coming days. But we're also providing support for other elements of the cost base, the rates, uh, the revenue payments, the bank payments. So we are making significant provisions uh, across the board. Why
0: not do the Sound grant? It's a good suggestion. Do you not think it's a good su- it, that-
2: it is a good suggestion, and I'm looking at measures that we could Introduced to support uh, That money is sitting
0: there. The money is there already. I mean, that 15, almost 15 million euro is actually there already. We don't have to get it from anywhere. The government doesn't have to provide it. It's already been given in the licence fee for the taxpayers. So it's there already. Also, for example, RTE currently at the moment are not doing live events. They've no sporting events, no outdoor events. So there's a lot of money being saved that would normally be spent for the television licence. Some of that could be used. There's money there already. It's not that we're asking for more money. We're just asking that, that money be shared out and not just given to RTE.
2: Well, I think there there is money that comes in from the license fee, and a certain proportion of it is allocated to uh, to different sectors. The Sound and Vision, as you say, gets seven percent of the money. But you know that is an ongoing program, so there are some, um, activities being supported by the Sound and Vision. So it's not a question that you know suddenly none of the commitments being made from the Sound Division have to be met. Why not? Uh, this is unprecedented because there, because times. There are there are commitments to other sectors that are ongoing, people in the but that, but industry could are getting suspended. support. But it could be uh, but, suspended, I say, Richard, we are It could working, be suspended for next year. working. We are working on a proposal that we will develop, and we're close to finalizing a proposal which help, will help uh, support the radio uh, the radio sector, in addition to the uh, the uh, waiving of the levies that we've already made, in addition to the waiving of the rates, in addition to the paying seventy percent of the wages, in addition to you know the the reliefs on revenue and and bank payments. So there is a a comprehensive measure, but I think you have to also bear in mind that you know, we have to also look at our public health system that has to be geared up. We have to look at all the many businesses who are are being forced uh, to close or to restrict, and we want to maintain the sinew of that whole enterprise sector to to be there for the recovery uh, period. So we have to look at a lot of... uh, uh, commitments that we've to meet, uh, and I think what we've been trying to do is respond in a proportionate way. And as I say, we regard local radio and radio communication as a vital uh, infrastructure to to respond to this. And we will be finalising and developing a measure to support that. But I suppose to your your listeners need to understand that you know there are a lot of uh, calls on government. We have to to off our, our public health system we've to beef up the testing system we've to support communities who may feel isolated and of course we have to support radio which is a very important channel of communications but you know we we are putting in place and gradually improving week on week the support mechanisms to get us through this.
0: Okay you say in the next couple of days there are proposals on the table currently at the moment as to what you're going to do in the next couple of days because I can't stress the urgency of this enough and I've spoken to many colleagues in different radio stations around the country and I've gone on Twitter and I've named them all, we're all in solidarity in relation to this because it's important for everybody some of the radio stations obviously have a little bit of cash that they can that will cushion this blow for them others don't because they're part of larger groups and some are part of smaller groups so tell me what it is in this proposal and how soon will it be tomorrow will it be the next day will it be before the weekend because they need to know Well, i think uh, i think bear in mind you we've already yesterday announced 70 percent support of wages
2: so i uh, up to you know a certain limit so for any local radio station to uh, find that this morning a uh, government is going to step in and support uh, up to 70 percent of your wage bill that is a very significant uh, relief for for any radio and any uh, financial advisor that's looking to the uh, the, the sustainability of the, the radio station. But the cost uh, you in know,
0: running, and I'm sure you're well aware of the cost of running a radio station, particularly one, say, this would be a multi-city licence. So we have transmitters all over the country. The electricity bill alone for this radio station would be absolutely astronomical. People wouldn't even imagine what it would be like on a monthly basis. So those kind of things. And I think what we're talking about at the moment and what we've been talking about all week, and this is why Regina Doherty increased the, the pay Payment of uh, two hundred six 203 to 350 and the 410, of course, the 70%, uh, up to a certain amount of money uh, for people and their salaries was because we don't want to be treating public and private sector separately. We want to be treating everybody as equals in this particular scenario because, again, it's uncharted, unprecedented times. What we are doing is saying, yes, the media are important. Leo has recognised us and journalists and the newspaper print and everybody is important to get information out there. But it seems to be the only one that's really financially supported, apart from the other measures that have been brought in, is RTE.
2: No, I think that's very, uh, that's not accurate. I mean, we, uh, providing 70% of wage support is, is a very significant support. I've also asked BAO, BAI, the Broadcasting Authority, to undertake an assessment of those very cost base that you talk about and the impact of COVID-19 on revenue streams. And I am close to finalising a measure that will be directly supporting the radio sector. So, uh, I think it it's not accurate to say we're not providing <coughs> support to the radio sector. We are, uh, through wages, well, 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 through rates, well, well, through well, revenue, no through bank. But there is no direct support
0: levy. at the moment. With, in, with respect, to, apart from the Broadcasting Authority levy, the six-month suspension of the levy, which, as I said, is a small amount of money in comparison to the overall cost, there is no direct support for media, which has a huge cost. There is for the direct types support. Of, there
2: is a direct support of up to 70% of wages. That, there is a waiving apart of from the... To, apart to, from,
0: Yes, yeah. Apart, apart from, from
2: wages, apart from the rates relief, apart from the revenue relief, apart from the bank payment, apart from the levy relief, and apart from the new financial measure they are going to introduce in the coming days, uh, this is a bit like the life of Brian. You know, we are putting a lot of issue supports in there. Precisely because we recognise the importance of the, the the local radio and the the radio sector generally, uh, so it's it's not accurate to say we're providing no support. Those measures uh, are going to be a very significant cost to to the to the exchequer, to the revenue commissioners, to the local authorities in the rates relief, uh, to the BAI, and we are going to do more. Uh, so I think to, to 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 suggest we're we're some way ignoring this sector is is not not fair.
0: Okay, and do you believe so? You believe those proposals? You would imagine, or that report that you have from the broadcasting authority should be back within the next few days, and maybe there will be some announcement in relation to that.
2: We, we will have an announcement in the coming days in relation to support for, for the sector. And I'm also asking, on top of that, the BAI to do an assessment of the, uh, the, the impact of COVID-19 on revenues and on the cost base so that we can keep this actively under review. And the same is happening in every other. We're looking at all of our sectors, those that are essential to keep going, how we can support them, those who are essential to our recovery and how we can cushion the impact on enterprise and on work how we can build up the capacity of our health system to respond to this you know there are a lot of areas where we are working systematically and we we are not we're cutting through the, all of the red tape to do these things quickly so there's no sense of um, you know, a lax approach by government we are determined to help us get through this and we do see communication as a vital
0: element of the response Alright listen thank you very much indeed Minister for Communication Thank you very All right. Uh, Okay, and yes, a lot of people might think that was a very selfish act to have Richard on the show to talk about us specifically, but like everybody else, uh, the people in the independent radio sector and television sector have to worry about their jobs too, because we feel obliged to provide you with information on a daily basis, and just like RTE, I believe we're just as important because we keep a lot of people company, uh, not just with the entertainment of music, of talk chat callers on the air but of course important news and current affairs as well Uh, so I think it's important that we are supported through these tough times when our income completely disappears Julia Forster was here and a lovely young lady and she went back to Germany and she's working in media and she's on the line Julia good afternoon to you Hi Niall
3: how are you?
0: Long time no talk and I hope you're getting on well we haven't seen you in such a long time (laughs) I know, I know. But look, Germany today, I'm just looking at the newspapers here today and according to they they have an increase of 4,764 cases of COVID. Uh, So far, 114 people have died out of 27 in total cases, right? So that's a 0.04% mortality rate, which is really low. What are they doing right, do you think?
3: Um, I think that Germany um, has a really good healthcare system, for example, um, um, like hospitals and stuff, I think are really well equipped. Um, And I think the staff are working really hard. Um, Yeah, so I think that's um, mostly it.
0: Okay, and in relation to, say, the precautions the state are making or the restrictions on citizens, um, and, you know, German people would be quite regimental about restrictions and they would adhere to them, unlike some of the Irish who were having the crack. Um, what, I mean, what sort of restrictions have been put in place?
3: Oh, there are a few actually. Um, So um, I don't know if you've heard, but Ms. Merkel um, had a speech just a couple of days ago. And for example, um, you aren't allowed to go outside um, with uh, more than one person accompanying you. Um, I mean, you should, um, if you can, avoid going outside at all. Um, So you should stay home. Um, But if you must, go outside um you can only take one person with you and um otherwise you always have to keep at least one and a half meters um between you and any other person for example um at, like the um supermarket and stuff they always have like little lines on the ground we're with, doing like, we're plates. doing
0: that here now as well yeah and, yeah. and, and are, are non-essential shops open? Like, are the closed shops open? Is McDonald's open? Are they, you know, I mean, or have they closed most places now at this stage?
3: Oh, they've closed most places. Um, The only places that are open are, um, like, essential things you need, for example, like drugstores and supermarkets, but, like, hairdressers, and even McDonald's and restaurants and all, they're all closed
0: Right, okay. And what about workplaces in general, uh, non-essential workplaces? A lot of people working from home, I imagine, as well?
3: Yeah, people who can should work from home, so they decrease um, the chance that they get the virus. Um, But, I mean, it's not forbidden to go to work. um, And, I mean, um, there are some places, for example, um, at our station as well, we can't really work from home. Um, so, yeah, it's, it, it kind of depends really on what you work, but most places try to keep close um, to not spread the virus. And,
0: and what's the general mood? Because you're working in media over there as well, so obviously you've got to get the gist of it. We're finding in media here that nobody wants to talk about anything else but this. It's like nothing else is really important anymore. Uh, other news that would have been important is kind of being buried now and nobody really talks about it. Is that, is that the same way that's happening in Germany?
3: Yeah, honestly, it is. I mean, um, I've Skyped and talked to many of my friends, and the first thing that always comes up is that virus. Mm-hmm. And it's like, um, just, there's really nothing else to talk about. Well, kind of it feels like that, at least. Yeah, it's the most important um, thing on
0: everybody's mind, really, isn't it? Yeah,
3: because yeah, it has that much of an impact. So, I mean, I get it, but... On the other hand, I mean, there's so much going on. And I mean, there are also a lot of of positive things. So I think that kind of just... All yes I think,
0: I think we're all having a bit more respect for each other maybe I think that's probably the most positive thing that's coming out of this as well but look you know yeah. well well done to Germany because like Korea they seem to have a very low rate uh, of mortality which is great to see now mind you it is sad for the 114 people that died and their families uh, but uh, I'm assuming most of those would have been uh, elderly people with underlying conditions not that that makes it any easier for the families uh, but in saying that they seem to be doing something right and uh, I appreciate you coming on the air today uh, Julia Forster thank you very much indeed for coming on the air We'll talk to you again, I'm sure. Sure, no
3: worries.
0: <laughs> okay, there you go. There's Julia. You may remember she was in here on the radio station going back some time ago and a wonderful young lady. We were you with a very bright future. All right, now yeah, with a lot of text coming in, by the way, Boilo. Uh, Richard Bruton really gave you the yes minister answers. And by the way, Dublin Airport are taking in over 100 flights today from everywhere. No emergency in the DAA. I heard this this morning and and somehow, well, there's part of me says, well, like, life has to go on in some sense. But Britain has become the hotspot of Europe or will become the hotspot of Europe most likely uh, because, obviously, Italy, they seem to be slowing down or flattening the curve at the moment, Uh, whereas Britain, that number seems to be rising dramatically and most likely will become the hotspot. And yet, today, between, I think it was 9 o'clock and 12 o'clock, we had 17 flights in from Great Britain. That, to me, is astonishing. At a time where we're being told to take all these precautionary measures and yet we have people coming in from a hotspot Uh, walking straight through Dublin Airport and jumping into a taxi and whatever it is. And and there's two arguments for it, that life has to go on somewhat. And, you know, and the argument is we're never going to stop the virus. So we have to limit the amount of people who get it at one time. So it's okay for us to let people get it, but on a slow kind of basis, in a drip feed basis, so our health service can kind of withstand that. So I kind of get what you're saying. But on the other hand, I kind of think that life has to go on to some extent. Um, another person says, important because there is no one else like you, Nile, on the radio. Long live Nile! yes. Well, that's why it's important that we talk to Richard Brut about that, by the way. Niall, you can claim the 350 allowance if you lose your job, <laughs> even if you have over normal limit of savings allowed. I know, because it's not means tested. Well, hopefully and thankfully, I don't think I'll be losing my job, so don't worry about that too much. Nile. if I had to pay your wages myself, I would. Radio is so important and I certainly would not want to be depending on RTE or the overpaid sector says Sinead Well Sinead I'm sure my boss will be delighted to hear that you'll pay my wages he might take you up on that No says VAT for electric bills could be stopped for the duration of the crisis Absolutely we should suspend VAT for the duration of crisis particularly for those who are self-employed There are some stories that pale into insignificance and we think about how we're affected personally, financially and otherwise as well as the health implications that we might get a very bad flu or whatever it is uh, from this or a very bad cold most of us of course will one out of four people probably won't even get mild symptoms there are people sadly who will pass away from it but what we don't think is the knock on effect it has on our health service and Yvonne is on the line Yvonne you're on Classic Kids how are you doing Yvonne are you there
4: I, I am, can you hear me?
0: I can hear you now, Yvonne, Okay. Yeah, Yvonne, sorry about that. You're thirty eight years of age. Uh sorry I am. should I be should I be saying a woman's age on the air, is that okay?
4: You, you can, you
0: <laughs> can, yeah. <laughs> okay, Yvonne, sadly you were diagnosed with cancer. How long ago were you diagnosed?
4: I was diagnosed two years ago Nile. but uh, what me was um I've got I got a primary cancer which they tried to treat and then after that I've got I got secondary cancers, I've got I have got a spread.
0: Okay. All right, okay. Yeah. So, what's the prognosis for you now at the moment? Basically, what they're trying to do is keep you somewhat in remission to, I suppose, uh, just make life easier for you. And I suppose in Abs-
4: absolutely, okay? yeah. And I don't, yeah. I
0: don't want to sound too morbid about that, Yvonne, because yeah. all our lives are valuable, all right. Yeah. But you obviously you rely on your treatment that you get um, on a regular basis. Regular, that,
4: yeah, yes. Are you?
0: Okay, so you got a phone call the other day in relation. I got a
4: phone call, yeah, to, to say that um, my treatment is being stopped until further notice. Um, I can deal with palliative care uh, for pain relief. And um, it's just horrific, to be honest with you. Um, it's just, uh, that, that's all I've got. Uh, palliative care can come out to me or I can go to them. Okay. But um, my treatment has stopped.
0: So this is chemotherapy, by the way, that you're, you're you're getting currently at the moment. Is it, sorry, it was chemotherapy, Yvonne, is it? Oh, have I lost her there altogether? Hello, Yvonne, are you there? Okay, I seem to have lost her line there for some reason. Oh. So are you there? Are you there, Yvonne? Yeah, can
4: you hear me?
0: Yeah, I can hear you now, yeah. Sorry, so yeah. this is the chemotherapy you were getting, yes? Yeah, yeah. Okay, and how often do you have to get that? How often
4: you? I get, I get, I go to the hospital three times a week, okay. and I, I, um, I get treatment once a week.
0: Okay, and and you've also got, you've got three children as well.
4: I have three children? Yeah, yeah. And I was just wondering, is else like in the same boat as me?
0: Well, I know that a lot of routine operations, I know a lot of, uh, I know in, in oncology, they'd been talking about some uh, postponement in relation to to cancer care as well. I suppose it depends on a case-by-case basis. I imagine everything is being assessed at the moment on a case-by-case basis. I don't see why you would be postponed, obviously, because in your situation, it is quite serious and it is quite necessary that you get Absolutely, that chemotherapy. Absolutely,
4: yeah. And what what happened with me is that my, that uh, this treatment is me. Yeah. It's keeping me, like,
0: at, It's basically, keep, it, yeah, it's keeping it at bay, you know, so it, it basically, so, you're aware of the fact that it's it's not going to remove it, but at least it stops it, stops it getting any worse.
4: Yes, and yeah. it sort of keeps keep at bay and alive and mm-hmm. to be with my children. And I'm saying now, like, what do I do? You know, like, what do I do um, if the treatment do I get worse? Do you know, like, that's the scary bit of it.
0: Because you're kind of, I suppose from your point of view with three kids, you're valuing every day that you have with those children. Absolutely, And, and this yeah. is something you want to make sure that you you get the, the optimum amount of time with your family. Yes, absolutely. And I know when the nurse rang you to tell you, she was actually upset telling you this herself.
4: Oh, she, she told me that she has to ring many other people, which is,
0: I tell you what I'm going I tell you what I'm gonna do, Yvonne I have to go to news. And I'm gonna try and get you back after the news because your phone is breaking up a little bit, and maybe I can get you on a better line. Yvonne sorry, you're back on the line again. I hope your line is a little bit better.
4: It's a bit better now. I think.
0: Yeah, it was no. The line quality was perfect. It just kept cutting out every now and again. I don't. No, I don't oh, know sorry why... about that. No, it's okay. But okay, so just to bring us up to speed. So you got a phone call basically saying, and this nurse who's given the, the horrible task of ringing people like Absolutely, yourself.
4: Absolutely, yeah. And um, she was crying her eyes out, and she had to ring many other people, not only me, I'm sure um, and had to let them know the same
0: So here you are 38 years of age and and here's something that's essentially keeping you alive, which is chemotherapy Uh, It's keeping your cancer at bay, so to speak, and you're being told, I'm sorry it's postponed, we don't know when you're going to get it, but sure look, we can offer you palliative care.
4: And pain relief, Yeah, that's it.
0: Okay, and, and how I mean, you must have been distraught when you heard that
4: Absolutely, like it's so bad and um, especially when um, we got, um, we had a meeting with a doctor like two weeks ago to say that this is keeping me at bay. Mm-hmm. I don't know about other people. Uh, I have no idea. But it's keeping me at bay. It's keeping me at the level that I'm okay with. Um, yeah. Because I have a stage 4 cancer, um, which is horrific in itself.
0: And how um, is how is that affecting you? Uh, how does it manifest itself on a daily basis? Are you tired a lot? Are you? Are I'm you's...
4: so tired. Um, not only am I so tired, I'm in a lot of pain. And because I it has, it's
0: got. I know it's gone into your bones now as well, yeah, hasn't it? It's yeah, it's
4: in the bones. Yeah. yeah. Um, I actually worked with in the <laughs> the nursing section, so I understand. Like everyone is all over the place at the moment yeah. and I know that we need to get this virus at bay but at the end of the day it's so scary times for the likes of me and m- many others I'd Absolutely
0: say. who who yeah. need primary care at the moment yeah. and I understand yeah. that you know the healthcare is suffering because people who work in healthcare of course are in isolation maybe they have a, a friend or a family member who's had it and they have to yeah. stay at work so they're suffering like every other business
4: Absolutely Although
0: I know a lot of people have gone back to, to healthcare as well to try and help out and give a dig out but i mean i don't think we need to look at our priorities and yeah. you know and you are still a priority and you should always be a priority uh, because at the moment thankfully we're not at a stage like italy or like spain or anywhere else where we were overrun so we should be still able to manage to do these things and i don't understand why we can't i mean uh, yeah. how are you, how are you feeling yourself before even the, the, you got that phone call I mean, how are you feeling about you know having stage four cancer, having um, three children? How are you well, handling that?
4: It's so frightening, and I have the most amazing family. I have an amazing husband. I have a great sister. I have I have the most amazing family, but uh, and the support is is brilliant. All my friends are amazing, and they keep me going. Okay. Other than that, um, there be like there was a stage where I was not able to move, and my pals came took me come on we're going out we're doing this we're doing you know yeah. um but um there like i have amazing support that's all i can say um and in like, relation
0: to when you got that phone call what steps did you take after that did you try to get onto the department of health and and try to find out what was going on or try and get a possible date a future date or have you been trying to be
4: honest with you i didn't um okay. i i just sort of just let it sink in because i've only got the phone call 2 days ago maybe i should do that mm. but um i did um, I did think, um, oh my God, if I go to palliative care, am I giving up? You know, like stuff like that. But uh, everything goes through your mind. But I know all these people are just there to help.
0: I know, I know, and yeah. you, you would imagine that somebody like yourself, you know, certainly would be high on the priority list. And I understand some people wouldn't be as high with yeah. different treatments they might be getting, and and which can wait. But your yeah. treatment, you know, as far as you're concerned, and I'm sure as far as the experts are concerned, can't yeah. w- it can't wait.
4: Uh, well, I don't think it can wait. No. And I'm saying to myself, after all this, am I going to have more cancer? Is it going to spread further? Or is it going to stay the way it is? Like, I don't know. Uh, I have been self-isolating and all my family have been at home. They, there's nobody outside the though.
0: Because you're, um, of course, high risk. Yes, yes, yeah,
4: absolutely. And they're all taking this very seriously.
0: Yeah, and and rightfully so, of course, because yeah. your immune system would be suppressed at the moment, obviously, yeah. because you're on chemotherapy and you're getting treatment too. And, and
4: I already had to wear masks yeah. way before the coronavirus had to come. If I had to go into a shop, I had to wear a mask
0: mm-hmm. absolutely, and
4: gloves and stuff like that because my immune system was so low.
0: Well, in relation to, you know, any action that could be taken, I mean, I'm expecting uh, uh, an email back, hopefully, from the HSE in relation to it, but I'm pretty sure it's going to contain the words that we cannot talk about individual cases for pa- patient yeah. protection. But um, I know there was a story in the news yesterday, uh, as far as I remember, I remember reading the story, that a lot of elective surgery had been postponed and cancelled, and also yeah. routine, but it mentioned the word routine, and, and I don't believe what you're getting is routine. Um, I, would hate, I would hate to think the word routine would be used for that.
4: Um, and maybe, maybe I'll probably get a call back to say, OK, come in. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, the last time I was in the hospital, uh, they were like, they were amazing. My hospital is absolutely amazing. And they, they're doing so many things. When, when I went in the other day they, to get my last treatment, they actually had, it was like security on every corridor. Yeah, and uh, you have to give your name, your hospital number. Go straight down. They are absolutely amazing. And, and how often? Understand. How often do
0: you have to get it, Yvonne? How often do you? Once a week. Once a week. Okay.
4: Yeah, I go in three times a week. But okay. well, I go in once a week. The other the other times are like for pain relief and mm-hmm. injections and bloods and stuff like that. Oh, yeah.
0: you go going through an awful lot. You are going yeah. through an awful lot. And I'm sorry to hear that. And yeah. I, I hate to hear about people being unwell. But I, look, I wish you the best, Yvonne. And I hope yeah. things work out for you all right. And I hope you get your yeah. pain relief and I hope you get your, your chemotherapy. Uh, that and I, you hope, more and time I hope with everyone
4: else that's in my, my stage of cancer or any, any stage of cancer...
0: Uh, is getting their treatment and everything else. All right, listen, Yvonne, thank you very much. Okay, God bless you. And you too. Uh, Thank you for highlighting that. It is a problem. Uh, Somebody else has texted and said they're in the same situation. Um, I think that's not just unfortunate. I think that's scandalous uh that somebody who's in that situation who's holding on to life essentially and counting every single day and having valuing every single day with their family and obviously chemotherapy is essentially keeping people a lot of people alive in this country um by keeping the cancer at bay and now their count their cancer treatment has been postponed and she needs it once a week um and because it, it gives her hope it does give her hope apart from anything else